There's an until in Galatians 3. Well, not in this version, actually, but here. The law was our tutor to bring us to Christ that we might be justified by faith. But after faith, there it is, after faith had come, we are no longer under a tutor. Hey, YouTube theologians, Merry, Merry 12th day of Christmas. Happy New Year uh, to all of you. Pastor Wolfmuller here. Uh, th this is the text for New Year's Day, which is the day of the naming of Jesus, the circumcision of Jesus, eight days after Christmas. And there's a really famous sermon that Martin Luther preached on this Galatians text. In fact, the story was, in 1532, he preached this sermon on the until of the law, and then he passed out after the sermon, and he had to take two months off recuperating. Uh, I think Bugenhagen was traveling around visiting churches, and so Luther was doing his university stuff and basically taking care of the congregation there at St. Mary's. And Anyhow, that, ser that famous sermon from Luther, uh, you can't find it in any editions of the Luther's works, but it was translated for a Concordia Journal episode. It, it became the outline for CFW Walther's The Proper Distinction Between Law and Gospel. He really leaned into that sermon from Luther, and the the idea of Luther is that the law has limits. Let, and let's think about it this way, if you'll, if you'll let me. The law, the, the, the law has to go all the way, but it can't go any further. So there's a way that you get not enough law, and there's a way that you get too much law. Uh, and, and it's summarized by Paul that says the law was the tutor to bring us to Christ. And once the law has done that, then it's done its work and it has to stop. But So think of it this way. The law is the perfect will of God for us, what we are supposed to do, how we are supposed to love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and how we're supposed to love our neighbor as ourselves. The law gives us the shape of love according to our different vocations. It puts limits on, uh, on our human activity and says, don't do this and don't do that. If you do, you're transgressing. You're going past the appointed limit, which is great. But if that's all the law does, if the law is only showing us what's right and wrong, what's good and bad, uh, it's not enough. The law has to go further, and it has to show us that we have not kept it. This is the, what the old theologians called the second use of the law, or the theological use of the law, or the catechism calls the mirror use of the law, is that the law shows us the perfection that God requires. And when we see ourselves in that mirror, we recognize that we are not perfect, that we've broken the law. If the law doesn't go that far, the result is pride. Uh, do this, do that. Oh yeah, I've done it. Check, check, check. So the law has to come and show us our sin. S-O-S shows our sin. And even more than that, the, the, the law has to expose not only that we have sinned, but that we are sinners. This is, a, this is one of those important distinctions. In other words, this chicken or egg theological question, do I sin because I'm a sinner or am I a sinner because I sin? And all the free will theologies out there, and you can know you're like a free will theology if you have a age of accountability, for example. That's an indication that you're a free will theologian. That They would say that we are sinners because we sin. So first comes the disobedience. First comes the sinful act. First comes our 
breaking the commandment, and then we, the result is that we are sinners. But the Bible, which teaches original sin, and original sin is, goes against this, says that, no, no, it's the other way around. The fruit is bad because the tree is bad. We do sinful things, think sinful thoughts, say sinful words, because we have a corrupt and sinful heart. Now, you see that, it, you know, this chicken or egg, which comes first, the sin or the sinner, is pretty important because if the sin comes first, if I'm a sinner because I sin, then the solution is going to be what? Stop sinning. If the problem is caused by my actions, then the solution is caused is going to come from my actions. But if the problem is that I'm a sinner and the result is my sinful acts, then I, uh, I can't save myself. So the law comes along and it exposes our sinfulness. It shows us the depth of our corruption. And it does one more thing. It, it shows us that because of our sin, God is angry. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. There is no one righteous, no, not one. And the wrath of God is revealed against all ungodliness. So, so the law shows us, here's what you're supposed to do. And, and, but more, so that, that, that's the law, not enough. Here's what you're supposed to do. But more, but you haven't done it. And more, because you're a sinner. And more, God is angry. And he should condemn you because of what you've done wrong. And because of who you are, even, as a sinner. He should condemn you. That is the law's work to bring us to the end of ourself, which is where we find Christ. You cannot be righteous. You need another righteousness. You cannot be holy. You need another holiness. You cannot be perfect. You need another's perfection. You cannot save yourself. You need saving. And you cannot save yourself. You need a savior. So the law brings us to Christ, the one condemned, judged, who suffered and died in our place, who is our atonement. And then the law stops. It can't go further. Now, here's where the law wants to do more. So we, the law, not enough. Here's what's right and wrong, and it doesn't come along and show us that we haven't done it. But here the law goes, tries to go too far. It tries to go beyond the, its appointed limits. The law tries to say, well, God should condemn you, so God will condemn you. You see, the law tries to tell us how it'll be on Judgment Day. Either you'll be fine because you've done well, or you're doomed because you haven't done well. And we have to say to the law, hey, thank you for showing me my sin, but that's all <laughs> that you can do. You are the appointed tutor to bring me to Christ. And now that you've brought me to Christ, my Savior, now that you've shown me that I cannot save myself, now that you've convinced me that God should judge me because of my sin, now I see Christ judged in my place. Now I see Jesus suffering for me. Now I see the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, but they're freely justified. Freely justified by the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. By the works of the law, no flesh shall be justified. This is the truth. The law can't bring justification, but Jesus has brought justification. So we say to the law, thanks for doing your work, but hey, now you have to stop. The judgment day is not your day, law. 
it's been appointed to Jesus to be the judge. So the one who suffered and died for me will be the one who will declare me to be guilty or innocent, condemned or righteous. And he's told me already, <laughs> my sins are forgiven. Father, forgive them. That's the prayer of the one who will judge on the last day. And I trust in that. The law is the appointed tutor to bring you to Christ. So, so if the law has not done its work, if you're stuck in pride, if I've done it, know that the law has a little more work to do. But if the law has done that work and shown you your own sinfulness, know that the law has done its work. It's, it's complete now. And now you are with Jesus, who forgives your sins. And your conscience and your heart and your mind and your 2023, they belong to Him. <laughs> Happy New Year.